You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. I can preach now. Good. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about progressing in our faith, maturing, all right? Um, and, um, and, and I want to talk today about something that is extremely important. It's at the very center of Christian maturity, all right? Um, I think last night I saw something and it just occurred to me that that perhaps is how this whole walk with God is. Sometimes you go to um, a restaurant to eat. Um, I don't... uh, Do do you guys have like this restaurant where they sell steak in in Ibadan? No. Alright, but just follow the rest of us. Okay? (laughs) Just follow the rest of us. Um... So sometimes you travel. So here, you know, in Nigeria, there's only one way we cook our meat. There's only one way. All right? It's fried properly. And, you know. But sometimes you then go abroad and they say, how, how, do you want your, how do you want your meat? And you know, so the challenge is that you, you have to make sure that you are led by the Spirit of God at that time. Because if you follow your, your boyfriend who just says, oh, rare. <laughs> Someone says, ah, rare is good. Nah, rare means that you just get special. No. It's going to be very, it's, it's, <laughs> maybe they just, so they'll bring you meat that they just, literally just cut, you know. And then it's rare, then what after rare is what? Ah, follow me, you two, you know this thing now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so it's med- so it's rare, medium rare, then, no, it's not, sorry, no, there's rare, yes. <laughs> all right but it just talks about and, and you know, for me anytime they ask me i just say well done and i you know because that's i can't i don't know how to eat meat any other way just i'm not that posh yet but you know it's like that with our faith for some of us our experience with jesus is rare it, uh, so i told you i rented those guys <laughs> it's rare it's just wave the nothing as there's no fire nothing but we can be served and so as we talk in this next couple of days you know when weeks i'm asking you would you consider a fuller expression of the grace of god i'd like us to read out of first corinthians chapter 13 First Corinthians chapter 10. If you're a Bible student, you already know what I want to talk about. Because okay. First Corinthians chapter 13 speaks about love. Let me tell the person next to you, I love you very much. I love you very, I love you very much. Oh, someone's like, ah, why did I pick these seats today? <laughs> All right. Why are, you, why are you sitting between your father and your mommy? Hey, you you got to switch at some point. Okay, they're going to be saying, I love you. I don't want that to be going over your head. <laughs> Good to see you again. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 to 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. But though, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. 
I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to the poor, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be bond and have not love, it profits, profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. It's not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I taught as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Because, so, this, this is, so when I was, you know, my early days as a Christian, I would hear the term, your love walk, right? And they would say, oh, my love walk is improving. In fact, let me, let me put this side by side with First John chapter 3, verses 14 to 18. It says, we know that we have passed from death to life. Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love. Because he laid out his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him. How? does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Let me ask the person next to you, do you have love in you? Do you have love? Do you have love in you? Okay. Because love is the natural habitat for the human soul. That is, that is where God created the human being, the human soul to thrive in. Love. That is where it is. So when Bible says in Isaiah chapter 60, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. It says, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people thereof. It says, But the Lord will arise over you. I believe that, that a lot of that darkness is actually just the, the lack of, the absence of light, and the absence of love. Because love you know, First John 2, when you read First John 2, 9 to 11, it says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. And he who loves his brother abides in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. Let me ask the person next to you, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you, do you love me? <laughs> Some guys just checking out, do you love me? <laughs> All right. When there is no love, what you find is that there is an atmosphere for all sorts of sin. I know I say it is my pet peeve, but 
you don't need to when you drive on Lagos streets you know there's no love here all of us together we know it when Jesus performs miracles you know are they an exhibition of his power or an exhibition of love It's interesting because you know the Bible would say in Matthew 5, Matthew 9, Matthew 9 36, it says, When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered. Matthew 14, the Bible says, And Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. It says, There are three that abide, but love is the greatest. So as Christians, our real superpower is love. And I know that in our world today, love has been, we've, we've, love, we, have, we have talked about love everywhere, right? So if the song is not about sex, it's about love. Or a mix of the two. You know, what's, what? Okay, let me just, sorry, let me, let, me, let me just first focus on them. I was going to ask what's your favorite love song, but that doesn't apply yet. No, don't, don't remember your favorite love song now. Just stay with the message. Stay with the message. If we had a ranking of spiritual expressions, love is the greatest. It's the five-star general. It's the atmosphere in which miracles happen. Jesus moved with compassion heals but where there is no love when you read james i think it's james three sixteen, if i'm not wrong it says where there is envy and strife it says every other kind of evil dwells there there's a manifestation of all sorts of things yep. so so help me ask the person do you love me that's how i look for someone next to you do you love me do you do you love me Dick was asking, looking to his wife, do you, do you love me? He said, yeah, do you love me? You were talking to me yesterday. Even faith walks through love. I think it's Galatians 5, 6. It says that, look, it says, neither circumcision or uncircumcision avails anything. It says, but faith that walks through love. So one of the reasons, I'll talk about faith next week. One of the reasons why we for some people it seems there are levels of faith in God that we are not walking in sometimes it's because we are not yet walking in love so as we talk about maturity growing spiritually what is the biggest act of faith of love sorry that God is doing in and through you right now in you first and then through you what is it I like how 1 Corinthians 13 says it. That we can prophesy, we can know mysteries, we can give, but it says if these things are divorced from love, it says, look, there's an emptiness there. There's an emptiness there. And perhaps, and in scripture, and we're going there, that love is something we grow in. So he would talk about even the fact that in Ephesians 4, he says that uh, we would speak in the love, speaking the truth in love to each other. We would grow up into Christ in all things. 
Ephesians 4.15 That you grow in Christ by the exercise of love. So you would find Paul praying for the churches. The Philippian church, he says, praying to the, he said, look, he's praying for them. He's saying that your love for one another will abound in knowledge and depth of insight. Ephesians church, he says in Ephesians 3, that you will be rooted and established in love. One other place he says that you will come to know the dimensions of God's love. The height, the width, the depth, the length. Because when love is in abundance, you will just find miracles happening on their own. You would find miracles. So when you read the early church, Acts 3, Acts 4, you, it, it is preceded by love, sir. It is. Help me ask the person next to you, are you in love? Are you in love? That's a different question, but I am. Are you in love? Are you in love? (laughs) Because in Christ Jesus, the standard... Oh, relax. (laughs) But the standard of love is rewritten. If there was a syllabus for love, when Jesus comes, he rewrites the whole thing. Before Jesus comes, the standard for love was, look, love your brother as yourself. But some of us know, but God knows some of us don't, you don't love yourself. So you say, uh, me, I, I can't do that for you. I know I cannot do it for myself. So God said, love in here as I love myself. I, don't, I know how I love myself. I'm very firm with myself, P.I. If it's me, I'm not forgiving me, so I'm not forgiving her. And I'm, so when Jesus comes, he changes it. <laughs> he changes it. Scripture would say we should love our brothers as Christ loved us. 1 John 4, 19 to 21. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says I love God, hates his brother, he's a liar. For he, does, he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must, not should, not may, must love his brother also. Let me tap the person next to you. Tell them you hear, you hear. Tell them you're supposed to love me. You're supposed to love me. (laughs) He changes it. He moves the goalpost. He does. In fact, when he speaks to Peter, Jesus that is, he says three times, Peter, do you love me? Demilade, do you love me? Ini, do you love me? She's like, ah, God, were you not in service? I was even rolling on the floor doing praise and worship. Ah. He says, but do you love me? And I think Peter probably was getting upset. Jesus, like, you asked me this thing now. Is it because you just resurrected? You didn't hear the first time. Okay, I love you. And every time he says, I love you, you know that I love you. God says, Jesus says to him, would you take care of your brothers? Would you take care of your brothers? In Christ Jesus, the theater of love is expanded. So we don't just love our brothers, we also love strangers. Ah. Luke chapter 6 and 32. Jesus says, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? 
For even sinners love those who love them. He says in verse 35, but love your enemies. All those of us who have haters. I'm still looking for one or two. I'm not sure where one can get a hater. But I can put it there. But love your haters. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. So when you lend to your enemies, your haters, when you give them money, assume in your heart that they're not returning the money. Somebody needs to write off a debt. It's been six years. You put it in your book. 50,000 Naira in Covenant University. Six years ago. Let him go. He's not returning the money. He has even gone to Canada. But love your enemies. Do good and lend hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. So love creates new boundaries. So even this whole concept of who is my brother, when in Christ Jesus, love changes the whole thing. And I like that phrase. I want to change it for you. So you know some of us only love people who are from our... Is it true? People who came from Ibadan. Ibadan, who are now volunteering. Okay. We only love people who come from our... I don't... Ah! Say his hi, my name is Chinedu. Oh no, sorry. I don't love I don't love Igbo men. My father told me something happened during the war, ba 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 ba. Oh, I only love um, guys with beards. Falabi. No, 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 I'm just saying no no I'm not I was good, I was calling your name. I was coming to your Falabi likes people that sing. Maybe long legs or the but he just likes you know. <laughs> I need to behave properly. There's even the service tonight. Oh, let's do this. But Jesus comes and he changes everything. Love your enemies. Tell the person next to you, you have to love me. I'm sorry. You have, you have to love me. You have to love me. You have to love me. The Bible says, says in Romans 5 that sometimes men will die for a righteous person. Sometimes. It says, but for an unrighteous person, not likely. It says, but while we were yet sinners... The first John will say, Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. So we are called to love the undeserving. We are called to love all people. As God dreadlocks, we love him. Her skirt is short, we love her. Well, some of you guys already love her, but you know, we love her. Mm -hmm. Old, we love them. Somebody, ah no if it's a Chinese people I don't Chinese we love them uh-huh. <laughs> in Christ Jesus that whole theater is changed in Christ Jesus the true meaning of love is reclaimed love that is sincere so when you read through scripture you begin to see God redefining what love is. So the guys who come, I love you very much. Give me your life. Marry me. It's like, oh, love gives. No. Come. Follow me. But in Philippians chapter 2, as God talks about love, he says, but let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4, Philippians 2, 4, let each of you 
look out not only for his own interest but also for the interest of others that is how God's love works that you stand on the road and you say you pass you first you first that there's an opportunity in the office only one person can go for this international training in Dubai I said to him you first <laughs> yeah <laughs> He said, I don't know. Were well, you not there when we fasted 40 days? How many days did they fast in our own church? I don't know. Because when we reduce life to a competition, we step out of the love of God. In Christ Jesus, our capacity for true love is restored. Romans 5 says that this love the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And so, this is my challenge to us, church. Is that this whole love that we receive from God, right? There is a growth part. How far down the growth part of love are you? Are you still rare? Has anything changed in your love work since you came to know the Lord? The Bible says they looked at the apostles. They said they were unlearned men. But after a while, they realized, my goodness, these guys have been with Jesus. So can we look at me and say, I know he's a Bini man. But there's something about him. So I, I want to spend the last you know, half of my message just talking about how maturing Christians how we posture and how we you know when it how we reference love how we how we live out that love how we grow in the love of God help me tap the person next to you tell them you have to grow in love you have to grow in love you have to grow in love mm. you have to grow in love because love is the is the biggest marker for how well you are doing spiritually. Love is the biggest marker for how well you're doing spiritually. And I, this the one the roses you're buying for your girlfriend, that does not count, sir. No, no. You and her and God know what you are plotting. You just want her to marry you. No. And the food you are cooking in flasks for that brother. No. <laughs> That's not love. That's a transaction. The transaction <laughs> right <laughs> so Pierre she was meant to make me live. <laughs> sorry if I've, if I've spoiled your lunch arrangement why don't you take her out for a, for, a, for a change why why don't you cook for her yes yes cook for her this is where my wife stands up in the crowd and says yes cook for her yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do we mature? So the first thing we do as we grow in the love of God is that we wholeheartedly receive God's love with all our hearts. I read to us First John earlier. I think it's First John chapter four, First John chapter three, First John chapter four and verse nineteen. It says we love Him because He first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. 
Have, have I received the love of God? So Paul is he's talking to Christians in Ephesians chapter 3. He says, for this cause, in verse 14, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, um, he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by the Spirit in the inner man. He's praying for Christians, yeah? That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that you, being rooted and established in love, you have to receive the love of God. It says, may be able to comprehend with all the sense what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of God which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Have I received it? Am I more persuaded of God's love today than I was last year? Am I studying it? Is it something that I am constantly meditating upon? You cannot be more spiritual than love. You can't, sir. So, are you, do you have a journal where you are, you know, writing about your walk with God? Are you, do you think about testimonies? Where were you four years ago? How did God bring you through? Do you think about the cross? And the fact that you were the one who was meant to be there. Because if a Christian can still wake up in the morning and say, I feel unloved. It's okay, your feelings are valid. However, it does point to the fact that you have yet to receive the love of God. And you all know, guys, how it feels to love someone who does not receive your love. And if you know, we're primary six, right? Was it Frank or what's his name? I don't know what that guy was. Johnson. <laughs> you know? And you like him. It started as a crush. You moved, you paid your friend so that they could exchange chairs with you. So you could be near him. You, you changed the way you used to go home. <laughs> I'm coming where you are. It's okay. But you know how it feels. <laughs> Last Valentine, you spent all your salary. All. And then she texted you back. Thanks, bro. <laughs> but you are vexing have you received the love of God because you are vexing here How should, you did, did you send your son to die just one month's salary but God sent his son to die for you and then you wake up in the morning nobody loves me nobody loves me in this Lagos nobody loves me I'm unloved I'm unloved tell somebody stop lying stop lying stop lying Because someone needs to say, Holy Spirit, here is my heart. Would you pour out God's love over my heart on a daily basis? For some of us, the love that we have received from God is just it's too little. It's, it's, it's not a lot. And so, there is brokenness that the love of God is meant to heal. 
was praying yesterday and I was saying, God, let your love heal me. Let your love heal me. I know you put on a front. I know everybody thinks you are all that. But Lord, let your love heal me. Because the love of God can do what no other person's love can do. I promise you. I promise you. Even those people who sing love songs. Those, all those love, nice love songs. Even they divorce people. I'm telling you. Even those people that, those people that sing, they break people's hearts. With skill. But God's love is it in your heart? I, I, I was teaching about Joseph earlier in the year and I was saying one of the things that almost insulates Joseph when you read Genesis 49 it says that the archers have sorely grieved him it says but his, 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 his bow was not bent back his strength remained in him was because at a young age earlier in his life Joseph had been loved by his father he had been, his father said, look, I love you more than everybody else. And had given him a jacket to wear. So everywhere he went, Joseph knew that his father loved him. And so when he went in the pit, there was something that covered his heart from receiving bitterness. Otherwise, when you get out on the road, some of the, that's why sometimes you pray in the morning, before you reach your office, your heart is as if you have not prayed. They've just the bitterness on the road. People are shouting, what is wrong with you? Are you the first man to buy a car? Move! And you're like, what is it? I'm just being nice. It says, being rooted and grounded in love. When you see a tree that is rooted, what does the tree do? Does it move around? No. It stays there. Draws strength from there. It says that you may know the love which passes knowledge. Christians that are maturing with every passing month, every passing day, you search through scripture. You search through your life. You look at nature. It says, great is your faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. So you think that this whole, the day and night is just, it's just fancy. Because sometimes we look at the things that are temporal, that are passing. Say, I don't have iPhone 10. God doesn't love me. Ask those of us who had blackberries 10 years ago. We felt we had everything. We can't find the blackberries anymore. But you have breath in your nostril. And you're just breathing freely. Do you, have you let the love of God enter your heart? unmoved from love nourished by love that is the very seat from which faith then arises because we tend to try and teach people to have faith in God but it's almost sometimes very mechanical because the guy is not persuaded yet that God loves him and you're saying believe he said believe what Help me look at the person next to you. Tell them, receive God's love. I beg you. Receive God's love. Receive God's love. And you know, human, human beings, when we love someone, we say we love. But you and I know there are people who you told you loved. 
five years ago, you don't love them no more. You know, uh-huh. that boy in year six, you told him, I love you with all my life. Now when you see his number, you hiss. If I sometimes you see them and you're like, what's your name again? He's like, <laughs> oh, sweetheart, you're the only girl I ever loved. Old things are passed away. <laughs> Maturing Christians actively practice forgiveness. Forgiveness. In Ephesians chapter 4 32, the Bible says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgave you. How did God forgive us? In advance. While we were yet sinners. While we were yet sinners. So sometimes somebody offends you, they want to come and even apologize. I said, no, ah, no, no, you can't apologize yet. Because you are enjoying the fact that you have some control over them. No, 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 mm, it's too early. Ah, we just quarreled. Apology. <laughs> I'm just, it's just even my, it's, we're just starting. No? Ah, no, no, apology. No. How do you hold someone in unforgiveness for years? And I say it over and over again that you must forgive before you become bitter. Because sometimes when you hold unforgiveness in your heart, bitterness springs forth. It says that, you know, bitter water and sweet water, they can't come from the same stream. And so bitterness and unforgiveness corrupt the work that love is trying to do in our hearts. When was the last time that I forgave somebody? And just because of the way the world is, some of us, a lot of us have to forgive our parents. They didn't, everybody else in your house was born in Canada. When it got to your turn, your father said, your mother said, I just wanted to be home. Home where? <laughs> said, no, I just wanted to be near home. I was missing food. He said, ah, no. <laughs> you, you traded my destiny. <laughs> and you don't know how that thing, it's, it's some, you know, some of these things, you know, you store them in your heart. It's amazing what, you see, sometimes you discover yourself in odd places. Sometimes when you're angry, the things you say make you realize who you are still holding. Sometimes some people have to forgive their bosses. Sometimes your pastor. Sometimes your friend, an ex-boyfriend, an ex-girlfriend. Because forgiveness does not necessarily heal that pain that has been caused. But it prevents you from inheriting someone else's pain. That we forgive like Jesus. And that is how we mature in love. I've heard people talk about it. Even forgive in advance. I've not gotten there yet. I forgive you. It's pay as you go. You come, I forgive you. Some say, ah, no, I stand. You know, some spirit deep people. I just forgive my wife in advance. What's the fun in that? No. So, <laughs> I kind of still, you know, maybe one day I get there. But we receive the love of God. And otherwise you are playing church, sir. 
if love hasn't, it hasn't, because you know what we're reading first, John, I'm going to end up there, where he's saying, good, look, if you have people who you say, I hate that person, he says, look, God's love does not reside in you. Being born again is serious business. It's true, it's serious business. It's life change, it's life transformation. Let me tell the person, forgive me, forgive me. If I, if I offend you, if I've offended you, forgive me, forgive me. All right, I'm going to, one more. Maturing Christians constantly engage in practical acts of love. Not the one we do for Instagram. No, no. I personally, I'm not saying it's bad. I just personally have an issue. Should I even say this one? But I can, with, okay, so it's your birthday. And you buy things for people. And then you put it on Instagram without your permission. When you do good, just do it. Just do it. When was the last time that I surprised someone with love? No, but I'm saying because you know, and it is, it is, it is, it ranges from a kind word. You know, someone who everyone has been for some reason or the other just ignoring. When was the last time you said, "Hey, can I take you out for a drink?" Non-alcoholic drink. <laughs> when was the last time you encouraged someone? When was the last time you you've got five jackets, fine jackets? Five. This guy has been wearing the same shirt to church since you know you describe him. You said that brother, the one that wears red shirt, that red shirt. That's how you describe him. When was the last time you said, "Look, I'm vexing. I've divided it into two. In fact, I give him the nicer ones." Because that's what love does. You have three phones. You saw this guy's phone in church. Even the screen is broken. Everything. <laughs> I'm serious. You have three cars, only you. So this is a car for Monday, this is my weekend car. This is a car I used to go out of town. Oh, you don't have cars like that yet? Oh my God, God will bless you. Amen. Amen. And, and, I mean, and you know, without trying to be focused on the gender, but you know there's a particular gender that just keeps a lot of things. I'm serious, guys. You have to stop it. <laughs> well, guys, you know what I'm talking about. So you're like, okay, well, this is not, it's not safe territory, but because if, you're only, if you've not won something in six months, give it out. So, no, this is for special locations where they've asked us to wear green that has a hint of yellow. You've not, the dresses you haven't worn for a year, give them out. I'm just waiting for it to come back into fashion. I'm just waiting until I get to that weight again. I join my faith with you, but give it out. Practical acts of love. When was the last time I broke a barrier of hatred and discord? When was the last time I hugged a stranger? Yeah. In church. Hug, hug. Holy hug, hug, hug. Some people haven't received... Some people, it's, it's only in church they get hugs, though. And let's call it what it is. When is the last time you hugged a stranger? Of course, with permission. Not just, just grab the girl and say, I hug you because P.S.S. should hug you. 
she slaps you that's she you have to then forgive her and all that may i give you a hug you said in your best accent she says no it's okay well god be with you <laughs> when was the last time you complimented someone that you didn't know you weren't trying to get credit with them you just said oh that looks very nice well good for you <laughs> when was the last time you said a kind word love is not meant to be hidden church it's a guy called Bob Goff who said that every act of extravagant love is a declaration of faith every act of extravagant love is a declaration of faith. We can't say that we are looking for people to love. We cannot say that. Because every their love needs everywhere and every day. Everywhere and every day. Their love needs all around. Because sometimes you just saying, I love you is a prophetic intervention in the life of another person. And, and I remember saying this about a year ago, how, but I realized that not a lot of guys actually hear the word, I love you. You know, guy to guy, you know, so I, I love you very much. <laughs> so why now, why? No, guy, what's that about? What's, I don't understand. No, why? But you need love. You're sweating in the AC. You need love. You're crying. I mean, you're drinking again and again and again just to numb the pain in your heart. Because love carries the power and the nature of God. And, and so this is our challenge. But as we mature as Christians, we must constantly receive the love of God. It is, you must go into, next week I'll talk about faith and promises. Yeah? And you must just go into God's word. You must remind yourself that God loves you. What is the work of the accuser? Did God say? So when the results come out, you see, fail. He said, did God say he loved you? Because he's all powerful, right? And if he loves you, he would have changed it. Even if you wrote rubbish in the exam, he would have changed it. At least he would have given you a D. D. So you can grab. But no, fail. That's not love. Who loves like that? Did God say? When you get that email from the school saying, sorry, we can't take you this year. When that plan doesn't go. That's what the accuser does. And so you must remind yourself. There is someone in service today, you have forgotten that God loves you. In fact, you are acting as if God does not love you. When a, just a normal, random, gentleman loves you, it shows. You are smiling, you are more courteous, you are happier. You, um, you even listen to other people. God will help you too. Also, one forgiveness is a big deal. Forgiveness is a huge deal. 
someone you are waiting for the person to change and show that they are worthy of that forgiveness and no that is not it they will never some people will never come around that's the truth say Pierre but what if they are doing it over and over again then for you Jesus was asked that question how many times should I forgive someone there's practical acts of love of kindness that God is trying to express through your life that you would take your salary and say this 10% or this 20% or this 10,000 or this 100,000 this 1 million or whatever it is I will use it to love others that you would find people who have been treated someone says well that's the whole country but well, you know that it's in great people who are being treated really harshly by other people and that you would provide shelter for them and that you would let God's love do a work in you and through you I read two scriptures and we'll pray. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 8, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. have fervent love. So I was like, oh, fervent love. It's boiling over. It's perceivable. Be the one that defends the person who is not there. Be the one that says, well, he might have done it, but let's not forget that we all have weaknesses. Or, but they've done good in the past. Be the one that says, can we, is it possible that mercy can be applied here you should have nobody in your heart who you are waiting for the day the judgment of God will touch them I'm just waiting I know his time is coming my God is alive and then the day you hear he was coming back at 2am he crashed his car into a pole the car is wrecked he broke both legs and then two ears are off he said God my God is a consuming fire that's not your God that's not your God I said it six months. So we pray this morning. I'm going to read First Corinthians chapter 13. Back to us. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. For those of us who like prophecy, it says, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, those of you who are deep, and all knowledge, intellectuals, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, it says, I am nothing. 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, the sacrificing ones among us, and, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. God is calling you to a higher level of love. He's calling you to, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, I think it's 9, it says, for God is love. He's saying, would you let me show myself through your life? Would you let me be there for somebody through you? Would you let me heal somebody? Somebody is sick. Would you let me pray through you? Would you let me encourage through you? Would you be the one that sends the guy a DM on Twitter and says, don't worry, I know everybody's insulting you. But we all make mistakes. You're going to be fine. Would you be the one that stops the rumor and say, kill it. And say she might have done wrong or is doing wrong. But God is working on her. Would you be the one who reaches out to the person who made a mistake and say, look, there's a bigger plan in all of this. Would you be the one who builds bridges? And I've said this over and over again. Some people are inheriting quarrels that their parents were fighting. Your father wasn't talking to his uncle, Uncle, uncle Tom. And then you are not talking to Uncle Tom's children. And both of you say we are Christians. Let me look at the person next to you and tell him I love you. I love you. That's the way I am. That's the way I am. I love you. I'd like us to worship this morning and we'll pray. Do we have a song? Our Father, we thank you. We give you all praise and all glory. We ask, Lord, that this word will find expression in our hearts. You've been so, so good to me. All of you breathe your love. Let your love fill our hearts. You've been so, so kind forever. Before I spoke one, for I spoke one, you sing it for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.